0: When I say it's been a busy summer, what I mean is it's been a good and full summer. Uh, over a month ago, we had our guests from the Middle East. Uh, then a week after that, we had Cesar and Raquel Quinones. We spent time with them. And then the following week, we had Rahman and his whole family come and stay for uh, nearly a month. And this Wednesday, they're headed back to Russia. And uh, we're already dreaming and scheming ways to see them again. Uh, Ramon and I will arm wrestle to see who come who goes there or who comes here Uh, but it's just been a tremendous gift and thank you church for loving them and serving them well so would you guys give Ramon a hand I'd like for him to come and share a little bit I've seen this man preach impromptu sermons so this may be it for tonight. We'll see. <laughs> all right. First of all, thank you
1: very much. Um, you know, I'm in ministry already uh, more than 20 years. And honestly, nobody did for me so many things at your church. During these years that I know the Providence Community Church, you're serving us, uh, support us and uh, your heart always with us. And this is really encouraging because uh, the spirit of this church, um, the way how you do church, um, the way how you do mission, this is what, it's really important for me because it's encouraged me to do and keep doing what I'm doing. Most of the churches I'm serving in the Russia, Central Asia, they will be, the size of them will be less at your church. And usually I'm working with the groups, like 15, 10 people, and I always share with them the many things that I learn from you here. And for many reasons, um, I don't know understand you, uh, you understand it or not, to be a real Christian here in the States much harder than outside of the States. Because, you know, like all these big, nice churches around with all this successful preachers on tv with big budgets and some other stuff what's going here and the christianity here um, uh, sometime maybe forget what it means really to follow jesus uh, people ready to pay money to go to sunday club to listen good sermon and maybe to go to the mission trip but not very often and not with as many people here in the States I can talk about what truly mean to go with Jesus every day. And um, I'm really thankful God uh, for Adam, my friend and my co-worker and I really, he's a man of God. Support him, encourage him, bless him. He needs this and uh, more people like him will be here, more young leaders like him will be here. More Christ we will see here in this country. And I'm really serious about this. Um, you know, I was thinking about some verses from the Bible and I just want to read it for you and maybe leave you with these words. Um, it's from the John chapter one, verse 35. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples as Jesus walked by. John looked at him and declared, look, there is the lamp of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? He asked them. They reply, "Rabbi," which uh, means teacher, where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, when uh, they went with him to the place where he was staying, you know, like there are a lot of questions in our life, and we ask—I don't know how many questions every day—about everything. And of course, the question questions help us to cl- clarify something, build a relationship, maybe to find the better solution for something. But you know. Uh, Pay attention. Where is in Bible? Where is the God asks something us? It's really interesting when the gods start ask us. You know, for example, if I will ask you right now, uh, how I can go to the Red Square? It's the main square in the Moscow. And uh, you will ask me, uh, are you sure that you know where I now? It's not the main question ra- right now. Where is the Red Square? <laughs> because you can't go from here first the main question is where are you do you really understand and you know I believe that God's question to us it's always help us to see something more important that we think is important you know that the, one of the main, main question uh, I have a series of the sermon I will not go through the whole series it's about the questions of God and you know like Tell me the first question that we have in Bible, the God asked: where, "Where are you?" And you know, it's 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 really it's really important question. Of course, it's not because the God didn't know where the Adam was. It's not about God. It's about 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 Adam. And you know, as long as we ask this question, where we are truly now, yes, we can say like we're here now in this building or we're in Texas or something like that, but I mean, we don't like answer this question because he was hiding from God, he was naked, he feel guilty, shame and everything. And he he didn't want to deal with these issues. He just, well, and God asked, Adam, I really want to have a relationship with you. Where are you? And you know, like truly Christianity starts from this question. And I think this question that the God asks these guys, what do you want? Really, what do you want? On the surface, of course, we want to be uh, healthy, we want to have a good family, and all of this. And here their answer, uh, I mean, uh, uh, they said, um, uh, what do you want? He asked them. They replied, where are you staying? On the surface, yeah, they want to know where he's staying. But something deeper they want to see and ask. Because the John just said, he's the lamp of God. Their deepest desire was something bigger than just to know where the Jesus stay. And they stay all evening, not because the Jesus had a castle there and you can walk from one room to another and you don't have enough time to see the house where the Jesus stay, like what you do in this small house, I mean, with him all these hours. They want to know who this guy. They want to know something, they want, because their hope, as a part of Israel, was something that God will come and he will he will do something dram- dramatically. They will change the history and all things. And they can, I don't know, even they can, for this moment, if they can really um, say clear what they want. But for some reason, they feel that this, this guy, if they will follow him, somehow will give the answers for their questions on surface, but also with for all of these deeper, deeper questions that everybody has in this world. And you know that I believe the answer for both of these questions, it's come and see. Come and see. Just come and see. You know, very often, uh, people talk about Jesus a lot, read about the good book. I mean, and it's always hard, just come and see. Talk, think about Jesus. I don't know, do all of this, but come and see. It's meaning your daily life, follow Jesus. It come and see Jesus in your family life. Come and see Jesus in your job. Come and see Jesus in this country. Come and see. And it, it, it's really, it's, it's something that take everything from me. It's not like, here's the part of my life for Jesus, and this is other stuff it's, I will do, and when I will have more time, I will follow Jesus, and I will come. Uh, one of the old, old... Um, preacher in Russia, he said I met him one time and he said you know, in the past, usually when the pastors met, they greet each other, grace and peace to you. But now, most of them, they will ask how many members do you have? (laughs) And he was so disappointed with this thing. And and he's right. And he's right. And you know, the way... um, what I want to just share with you my heart, these questions, and when you read Bible, and when you see that God asks somebody about something, just stop for a while and just listen this question. And where are you? I think this is the main question. As long as we will ask this question in our personal life, and our community life, we will be alive. Because truly life, real life, start with this question. And, you know, what I'm really encouraged to see, that the leadership here in this church asks this question every time. Where we are? Where we are? What's God is doing? And I'm so blessed. Because in this moment, somehow, understand with this or not, we met Jesus, who will say, come and see. Follow me from here where you and uh, now, If I will, again, let's come back to my question, where is the red square? And I will say, no, no, no it doesn't matter where are you. Sh- just tell me how to go to the red square. You will ask, I mean, <clears throat> you are in another part of the world. No, no, I don't care that that's in another part of the world. Tell me how to go to the red square. And it's, you know, it's, I don't know. After a while, I think somebody will kick me or you know, something like that, <laughs> or just call to Bobby and he will come and took me to the hospital or something like that. And you know, like, but in our spiritual life, we're doing all—I mean, this kind of things all the time. Jesus asks us, "Where are you?" Don't ask me this question. Just why I'm suffering? Oh, when you will give me more money? Oh, what I mean? And, I mean, where are you? Tell me where are you? Share me. Her. No, 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 no. It's not important. Just tell me what are you doing in my life? Why you don't do this and this and this in my life? And you know. Um, one more time just a really big thank you I know I know the providence almost from the beginning I mean several years after this church start and I know enough to understand what's going on in this church especially the last couple years and all with all of these problems and other stuff but the main thing for me was and my prayer my prayer for this church all the time let the spirit of the following Jesus will be always in this church Because when I met the providence years ago, I was in a crisis in my ministry, my personal crisis. I asked a lot of questions, Jesus about my future and some other stuff. And the God gave me a lot of answers through you, through this church, through the way how you live here, through many, many things, through you each. And uh, this is not just the words. This is so important for me, and this is uh, part of my life, deeper that I can explain. And I just want to bless you all just to be honest with yourself and ask ask this question, where are you, as much as you need it every day. And listen to the answer of the Jesus, come and see. What what do you want? What do you want? When you wake up in the morning, what do you really really want? And this question always, when I come back to this question, it's encouraged me because it's helped me to understand even if I'm in the middle of nightmare in my life, I still hear this voice. Come. Come and follow. There. And this several weeks here uh, were a big blessing for us. Thank you for all the food that you gave us, all the love that you gave us, all the hugs that you gave us. Uh, thank you, Seed and Kathy, for these two beautiful days on the lake. We will remember this forever, <laughs> uh, some of our experience. And um, I really encourage you just uh, to come to Russia or to the Central Asia Asia, where I'm uh, serving. I will not give you now the, a lot of reports and numbers I just want to say that through your ministry to our family you serve at least several hundred leaders in the former Soviet Union and you have to understand this is a really serious thing because when the Jesus served 12 disciples heart of his ministry was these 12 people not the thousand that follow him when they need bread or something and I really encourage you and I hope and I pray that somehow you will meet these people, you will see their hearts, and you will see the spirit that unites us in really tremendously, really deep, really unique way. And uh, here in the States, I'm traveling a lot and I have seen a lot of people and a lot of ministries and some other. Providence Community Church or the Neighborhood Church, I love this new name. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Uh, This is my home church. This is always how I feel. And uh, I want to pray for you right now. Okay? Father, I thank you for your love and that your love is your love. It's not what we think about your love. It's not what we experience It's something deeper and wider that we even can imagine. I thank you for the spirit that unites us in you. I thank you for these people who are sitting here. I thank you that we are part of your family and your kingdom. And I ask you, bless us to be honest with you, with ourselves and with each other. Let this question from you will be always with us and your love will fill us in everyday life. Thank you for everything that you did in my life through these people and I look forward to see our relationship in your kingdom will be growing In the name of your love, I pray tonight.
0: Amen. Well, good evening. Good to see you all. I'm very grateful for what Ramon had to share and, and for two reasons. Number one, because I think this question, where are you, is a question for us. Sid Kiesler and I had a conversation less than a week ago where he said, you know what, I just, you know, would you ever consider, you know, I don't know, I'm not a preacher, but I just really feel that this question is important, and it's the first question that's asked in the Scriptures, and it's, where are you? And so I was like, you know, that's really powerful, Sid, but uh, yeah, we should, we should do that. Not necessary now, not necessary now says Sid, because Ramon lets Sid off the hook. And what Ramon was referencing is that in many of the leader meetings that we gather in, many of the times when I'm gathering in lunch or coffee with you all, Y'all have heard the question, where are you, what, on your journey with Jesus? Where are you on your journey with Jesus? So I'm grateful that Ramon brought that back to our attention. I think it's a question, like he said, for every day. So many times we're wanting to ask God, where are you? This is what he was saying. When we need money, when we need healing, when we need a way forward, where are you, where are you? I think more important is, no, no, no. Son, daughter, where are you? So thank you, Ramon. That's a question for every day, and I think it's a question that we need to spend time with as a church. So I hope you wrote it down. I hope you consider it. I hope you go back to Genesis. I hope you looked in John. And uh, just like that answer, or excuse me, that question is for every day, the answer is for every day too. And this is the second reason why I'm glad Ramon shared what he said, because the same is true. Come and see. Come and see be with Jesus, learn from Jesus, how to live like Jesus. Because let me tell you something. You cannot live like Jesus on your own. You can't do it. If you could do it, you wouldn't come back here every Saturday. If you could do it, you wouldn't keep pulling a book off of the Barnes & Noble or Mardell shelf and trying to sort it out. If you could do it on your own, You wouldn't continue to try to struggle and grasp with His Word. Maybe each morning, or if you're realistic, maybe a couple times a week. If you could live like Jesus on your own, the world would be a lot different. Because if you were to live like Jesus under your own power, it would require no sacrifice, it would require... No coming and seeing, which is why the world doesn't live like Jesus on their own power. Because it costs you something. If we could just go out and do it in our own power, why doesn't everybody do it? I think one of the crucial questions for our generation, the American church that Roman was describing, and I hope you're not offended because he was dead on right He just has fresh eyes when he steps out of a plane onto American soil. He just drives down 635 and 75 and we were all over and he sees enormous multi-million dollar building after multi-million dollar building. And he's still asking and wondering, you know, why doesn't this so-called Christian nation look like Christ? So I hope you're not offended. Because if everybody could follow Jesus on their own power, they would. But the problem is it costs something, so not everybody does it. Not everybody that walks an aisle in this church or the other kinds of churches throughout our country automatically become little Jesuses when they walk an aisle and pray a magic prayer. Now, they can be forgiven. The Holy Spirit can indwell them. They can have eternal life both now and in the life to come, if they walk an aisle, amen. Yes, hear me. But why don't they become little Jesuses? Because that question, where are you, is not just for where are you when you walked an aisle, it's where are you tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. The question is, where are you? And that's a question for every day. And the answer is still the same. It's come and see. Or maybe it's elsewhere in Luke chapter 9, when he says, if anybody would come, let him first deny himself, ouch, that costs. Take up his cross, ouch, that costs. And follow me. Well, wait a minute, that costs Because if I follow you, it may lead me away from these other things that I was really enjoying. And it could be you're following Jesus and you're leaving a life that's marked by the way of the world, sin. Well, I don't want to give that up. It feels good. It's going to cost me something if I follow Jesus and move away. Well, it may cost you this habit that you enjoy. It may cost you this hang-up that you just cannot release because you're so angry with this person. It may cost you that hurt that has over years somehow developed some scar tissue and you want to hold on to that hurt because you actually have come to enjoy the bitterness because at least you feel something. But if you follow Jesus, it may cost you your hurts and your hang-ups and your habits. But what you gain is life and life more abundantly. And it's a life, not just then, but a life that is for now. But you have to deny yourself. You have to say, not my way, your way. Because that's what Jesus prayed, didn't he, in the garden. Because Jesus says, not what I want, Father, but what you want. And what Jesus wanted was to do anything other than what he was called to do. He wanted that cup to pass straight from him to somebody else. But you know what? If we could live like Jesus in our own power, somebody else could have very easily grabbed that cup and said, I got this, Jesus. Could you imagine Peter or John, who had kind of for three years just been roaming around, not really getting anything, saying, Oh, Jesus, I overheard your prayer. Let me go ahead and take this cup. Oh, it's an imaginary cup. You're using a metaphor in prayer. Well, let me go ahead and take that cup. Let me die on the cross for everybody's sins. I can do it because if I can do it in my own power, if anybody can do it, if it doesn't have to cost you something, then, you know, that'll just be enough and I'll do it. No, Jesus wasn't even living in his own power. He was sold out to the power of the Holy Spirit. And he said that everything that I've said is because the Father wants me to say it. Everything I've done is because the Father wants me to do it. And then he says, Lord... Not as I want, but as you want, because He's even going to go to the cross, not because He wants to, but because the Father wants to. This is called sacrifice. And what's interesting is tonight, we're going to do loving sacrificially, but I haven't turned to Matthew 5, and I'm not going to turn to Matthew 5 tonight, because I think we need to stay with these questions. Where are you? Where are you on your journey with Jesus? Have we taken a vacation this summer from our journey with Jesus? When we ask this question of our leaders or when I ask this question of you at lunch or dinner or coffee, when I ask this question of myself, a lot of times I'll say, is Jesus way down the road? He's kind of continued to go and you've just kind of, maybe you've been distracted. You've put your head down and you're busy with your job. You're busy with your family, like we're all busy with our jobs and families our responsibilities, even our church. Do you know that we can be busy with the stuff of God in church and not even pay attention to God? Well, Jesus is way down and he's just to the horizon. And so we say, do you feel that Jesus has left you in the dust? And that's that perfect opportunity to say, where are you, Jesus? Please come back. But I think if Jesus turned around from the horizon, he'd say, where are you, man? I said, follow me. I said, follow me. Go, go, go. Then I ask, well, are you walking with Jesus and you kind of left him in the dust? You look back and he's at the far end of that trail behind you and maybe so often in your life maybe this is you you've been so busy right oh man Americans love to say we're busy is this correct i'm so busy i think i said it to john burton when i dropped the girls off how you been man dude i've just been busy and i love what eugene peterson says when americans say we're busy it's a way of hiding It's a way of hiding, not being honest with others. And it's also a way of putting yourself above others. So I confess to you that I said I'm busy. Because what we can do is continue to walk down the path, and we keep going. We say, look at all this stuff I'm doing for Jesus, when everything I've done has not been with Jesus. And this is the question that Bud and I have to ask as we shepherd this church. Where are we as a church on our journey with Jesus? Because there is no shortage of good things to do, but is it a God thing that we have to do? Do you know that there is stuff, so much more stuff that I want to do? There's stuff that I've been sitting on for a year, that Bud's been sitting on for a year. And praise God, she's not here tonight, so I'll give her a shout out. Becky Knight texted me today about something we've been sitting on. And she says, hey, dude, when are we going to do this thing? And I said, hold on, hold on, because just because it's good doesn't mean God is in it, because we can march off down and be busy and do stuff for Jesus or for our family or for others, but it doesn't mean we're doing it with him. And this is the vital difference. Are we doing it with Jesus, We're doing it with Jesus. Then I think a third way we can be on our journey with Jesus, where are you, where are you, where are you, is maybe this summer you are not even on the journey. You are not even on the path because the path is too gum hard. And so what you do is you sit down over here And maybe you lick your wounds, you bandage your feet, because the road with Jesus is a difficult road. And you're not even on the path. You said, it's too hard, I can't do it, I can't do what he says. I can't love others the way we've been talking about each Saturday. Even if it costs me something, it's too hard, it's too difficult. So if that's where you are on your journey, the answer that he gave to the disciples who came after him in John 1 is the same answer he gives to the disciples in Matthew 11 verse nine. Excuse me, 28 when he says this: "Come to me. Come to me, all you who, all you who are weary, you." who have passed out on your journey, you're over here on the side, unconscious, you're angry with God, you're angry with others, you don't understand why God would do this, and you're asking why, God, and maybe the better question, the deeper question, is not why, God, but what, God, are you doing in this situation? God may have nothing to do with this, and that may scare a lot of you, But God has loved this world where he sacrificed his own say over the world. And he's allowed people to have free choices. And he allowed people to have free domain. And we messed it up so bad. Maybe that thing that you're so angry about him, he has nothing to do with and he's weeping over it with you. So maybe the question is, Not just where are you on your journey or why, God, but it's what, God, are you doing? Where are you in this? And he says, come to me, you who are weary and burned out and burdened and beat down and have no whiff of spirituality on your breath right now because you haven't mustered a prayer in months. Come to me. Come and see. Man, but I'd rather go get a devotional. I'd rather just start something on my phone again and just do that. No, 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 no. Come and see. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Do you feel beaten down under the weight of the world? Let me tell you why. Because you're holding it yourself. You don't know what it looks like to put your whole weight on Jesus. So I'm inviting you to come and see. Come and see when the yoke is easy and the burden is light, it's because he's walking with you. He's picked you up off of the journey. He's woken you up. He's bandaged you up, just like the good Samaritan would. And he's strapped you to himself, and he says, don't just come to me, follow me, with me. This is the life of the Christian faith. It's not just something to be believed, it's something to be lived, and something to be lived with Jesus. It is a with God life. If anybody could do it, they would, but you've got to do it with him, and you've got to surrender your life and your way for his life and his way, and when you do it, you find Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 that when you take his yoke, when you saddle up and hitch your wagon and your life with him, you learn from him And you see that he's unlike any other teacher that has uh, berated you. He's unlike any father who has just said you're not good enough and you can never measure up. He's not like the father who never said, I love you. He's not like the mother who continually scolds you. He's not like the mother who is aloof and distant. He's not like the mother who is constantly just gossiping and berating and just undermining you. He is gentle. And he's humble in heart. He is unlike every politician or leader out there who says, let me take the bull by the horns. Jesus says, let me take you and learn from me because I'm gentle and humble. For though he had equality with God, something to be exploited and used, all the power the universe could ever muster, although he had that, he made himself nothing. And he took the form of a servant, and he became obedient, even obedient to death, death on the cross. It cost him everything. So why do we think we can live this life and it not cost us? We don't even want it to cost us our money, much less our life. I'm sorry if I told you it was easy. It's not. But Jesus' yoke is easy if you're walking with him. Because you can't do it on your own power, and you can't do it alone. You've got to do it in community with this church, or any church. If you don't like what's going on here, God bless you. Go and be on mission with God and with others somewhere. The thing that breaks me and Pastor Bud's heart more than anything is when people leave, leave, and they don't wind up anywhere. It's like they leave Jesus. They left him in the dust on their journey. We follow Jesus together on the path, and we find that he's gentle and humble in heart. And guess what? Even though you're following and walking with him, you know what he says? You will find rest for your souls. A famous Catholic theologian hundreds of years ago says, Our hearts are restless until they rest in you, God. If you are on your journey and you are restless, you are angsty, you are burned out and done and just feel agitated, find rest. Come and see. Come and see. For his yoke, he says, is easy and his burden is light. So if the yoke is hard and the burden is heavy, where are you? Where are you on the journey? I don't mean this rhetorically. Sit with this question. Write something down. Pray through this. Ramon said, be honest with yourself and be honest with God. We can't trick him. He's not like the dad that we'd walk up to with our head held low and say, I don't know what happened to that window over there. (laughs) Be honest with him because he loves you at your lowest point just as much as he does when you think you're cruising down that road with Jesus. So let this be a question for you and not a diagnostic to get up tomorrow and do something stronger and harder and faster. That's the American way. The kingdom way is come and see. Ramon blessed me incredibly the last time he was here. And he sat with our leaders and he said success is an American word, not a kingdom word. Faithfulness is a kingdom word, not success. Whatever success we see, when people ask me and my wife like they did yesterday, is your church growing? (laughs) My wife talks about how you all are faithful and how we're faithful to these partners all over the world. We want to be a church known for its love and service and faithfulness. And we want to be known as a people who come to Jesus. So let's do that this evening. And maybe I'll preach what I was going to preach another time. Lord, so many of us don't even know what it looks like to come to you. So by your grace, would you meet us right where we are? this person in this room tonight that is afraid of what it looks like to come to you. Shepherd, meet them in gentleness and humility. Bandage their wounds, their hurt. Forgive them. Pick them up. We pray that they would come to you and put all their weight in You and say, Jesus, You are my King. Forgive me. My whole life is Yours. And may they set out down the road with You. For those of us who've been on a journey for decades, we're burnt up, beat up, Lord, I pray that You would give us a heads up put your fingers on our chin and lift up our eyes that we would see that the yoke is easy, the burden light, because we're walking it with you. Lord, may we look to the cross. May we look to that sacrifice and make our home at the foot of the cross. But may we make our home at the foot of the cross as those people who have an eye toward the empty tomb and know that death doesn't win the day, that Jesus on the cross, you put death in its grave and that we need not fear those who would take our lives, those who would persecute us. We need not fear cancer. We need not feel fear any illness. Lord, because we are those who are gathered at the foot of the cross that said you did something about it when this world was enemies. You've made us family. So be good to your family, Lord Jesus. And when you lift our heads up, may we see the empty tomb. That death is not the end death is swallowed up in life and one day it will be so forever because even death will die so fix our eyes and fix our hope on you Jesus for this step tonight and the step tomorrow and may we when we wake up this next morning say you know God I hear you asking where am I and may we say here I am send me This is our cry, this is our prayer. Thank you for this reminder in Jesus' name, amen.